for another episode of the Downsize with Style podcast to help you reduce stress when downsizing, create a happy home and refine your new lifestyle. My name is Bettina Deda and today we are going to talk about how you can incorporate Feng Shui principles into your home. If you don't know what that is, don't worry, we, are, we will soon find out more about it. Feng Shui is the study of time and space and seeks to harmonize nature's forces within your living or working environment. And I know that a lot of empty nesters start out from scratch when moving to a smaller space or to an apartment. They only take a few pieces with them. And so basically they have a blank can canvas where they can start adding new things or introducing new colors. And why not um, also incorporating some Feng Shui principles so to improve your health and well-being? Well, as I mentioned already, I have invited today a Feng Shui specialist um, um, to shed some light on this topic. Um, Caroline McCallum is um, a lady I met a while ago at a, one of our Designer Chicks meetings, and I instantly decided to invite her because I thought that's maybe interesting for you as well. So she's a Feng Shui consultant who has studied extensively with uh, many Feng Shui masters, and she's very passionate about helping homeowners um, to create, create an environment that is supportive to them. You will hear what she has to say in a minute. Um, so welcome, Caroline. How are you today? I'm very well. Thanks, Bettina. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> we are all <laughs> excited. What do you have to tell us now? <laughs> well, I've got a lot of information to help people improve the feng shui of their environment. Yes. To start with, it's probably a good idea to explain what feng shui is because a lot of people don't really understand a lot about it. Exactly, yeah. So it originated around 3,000 years ago in China, and it's been practiced with a lot of success in Australia, and it's also starting to gain a lot more popularity. I've completed over 200 consultations last year, and I'm looking at beating it this year because of the continued interest from people wanting to use this method. Wow. And the reason for that is people are having some great success using feng shui to increase their prosperity, their abundance, as well as just improving their overall well-being. So using feng shui, you can get a lot of benefits from it in various ways. And these can range from helping people who are infertile have a baby to improving people's relationships so they stay married rather than getting divorced. It also can help increase opportunities to come into people's lives in terms of their career or partners, as well as supporting the health of their family members generally. It can also ensure the energy that students are sitting in will help them in terms of their academic achievement, creativity and study, as well as minimising the chance of theft, gossip and conflict. So there's a lot of things that feng shui can do to help people improve their lives. Of course, the one thing that a lot of people focus on with feng shui is having more financial stability, retaining savings, and also making more money generally. So I have a lot of clients who get my help when designing their, their new homes, renovating existing homes, or fitting out their business. They also come to me when they're looking at buying or selling and how they can best optimize the sale of their property to help them I use feng shui to maximize their opportunities and their sale price for them. 
Wow, that is really impressive, I have to say. <laughs> There's so many areas where you can use this. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've heard about it years ago. You sort of hear about it when you go to bookshops, you read about it, and it, you come across, I think, Feng Shui in some time of your life, but it, you, most people, I think, don't really know what it is. Um, so, so listening to what you just said, so is there... Um, like a, a prerequisite or something that you need to have before you you can start impl like implementing these principles like yes definitely when i get rung up by a client who wants to feng shui their home or business all i require is a copy of a floor plan which is to scale mm -hmm. as well as obviously their address and their date of birth. So it can be as simple as those three things. As soon as I've got that information, then I can go ahead and do the analysis, either via an on-site visit or a remote consultation. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that you recently moved and you told me you have a lot of to, uh, stuff to declutter and to unpack. <laughs> is that also like, because I know decluttering is a big issue um, for empty nesters and um, a lot of people procrastinate that and postpone it all the time and then more and more stuff piles up so if someone has issues with decluttering do they have to first declutter before they call you or like is that incorporated in your consultation somehow it's definitely something that is really important to optimize the feng shui it has actually worked i think in my favor in understanding my clients a little bit better having just gone through I move myself. I have mm. 80 boxes sitting in my garage and I'm finding it quite overwhelming. So I'm I'm trying to follow my own advice and do a little bit each day and get the the kids and the hubby to help as well. And between us all, probably in about two to three weeks, we should have the 80 boxes unpacked. Yeah. Um, having said that, it's really important, especially from what I know, that having a whole lot of clutter in one particular area of your home can really impact negatively on that area. So, for instance, in my garage, which is my north, which relates to the career sector, I know that the sooner I can get that clutter, even though it's all neat in boxes, it's still mm. considered clutter, I know that as soon as I get that clutter out of my north sector, my career will improve. Mm. And I know that the longer it takes me, there will be some roadblocks in my way in terms of career. So oh, that's a really right. good incentive for me to get those boxes unpacked. But clutter is a really important factor in optimizing your feng shui. Basically, you don't want clutter because what it does is it minimizes the qi's ability to flow. And qi is the energy that helps us in our life mm. generally and mm. is around us everywhere we go. Mm. So the less clutter we've got enables the qi to move freely and help us rather than hinder us. Mm. So as part of a consultation, if I'm in people's homes or businesses and I see clutter, yes, I do point it out to them. And I also tell them what sector it's in and how that could be impacting them. Yeah. And as part of the report that I write for them, I will actually make mention of that particular area and say, this is what this clutter in this area is likely to be causing mm. for you. So the sooner you can organize it into either... Yeah throwing it out or donating it or mm. putting it in a home, that is what the focus should be mm. before you actually start implementing any feng shui principles. Yeah, that is really uh, important because I've, um, I know people who have a lot of clutter at home that they usually say, oh, I'm not feeling really well, you know, I'm really, That's right. <laughs> so no wonder, I mean, you maybe 
I just looked at it and said, oh, I thought about, okay, yeah, that's just too much stuff everywhere. But if you explain it with these principles, then it's even clearer, you know. Yes. And by the way, I can relate to these boxes in the garage. We had 240 boxes when we moved here from Germany and they wow. were all sitting in our double garage. And <laughs> I, I, it took me about three months to unpack them. But yeah, yes. it was a whole household. But it's like, yeah, you have to do it step by step. It's like the decluttering process and you can't do everything at once. You do it just step by step and then you go there, come there in the end. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, I also so, run a professional organizing service as part of my feng shui consultancy to help those clients who are just feeling too overwhelmed. Oh, and right. the thing that I find really helpful is to definitely break it up into manage, manageable chunks yeah. as well as having – you know, I suppose a, a guideline in your mind as you're opening these boxes, you know, do you really need the item? How long has mm. it been in the box? Yeah. You know, if you've survived without it for six months, do you really need it? Mm, um, exactly. If you do need it, that's fine, but you need to find a home for it. Likewise, if anything's broken or needs to be fixed in any way, then either fix it or throw it out. And if it's something that you've been meaning to fix for the last three years, you're best to just throw it out because it's yeah. unlikely you're going to fix it. Yeah. Um, and also people just accumulate a lot of things. So decluttering is a really good opportunity to help your own karma, if you like, by donating your excess things to charity mm. and giving them to people who really need these items in their homes rather than these items just creating more clutter in your own home. Mm. That is really, yeah. I mean, I'm I really, I'm on your side with all that. I have um, dedicated a whole chapter of my book for, to decluttering. The first chapter is all about this. And I just did um, also a podcast recently on that um, how to declutter. So that that's a, a big issue, I think. And But still, it seems to be so hard for most people or many people to get started and to really do it. That's right. All right. So now we have decluttered. Let's assume this. <laughs> and um, <laughs> now we are going to um, learn more about this principle. So what, what are these? Um, I read in your material there are five elements used in um, Feng Shui. Was, could you s explain a bit more about that? Yes, definitely. So the five elements relate to fire, earth, metal, water and wood. And basically each of these elements have different attributes. And the whole point about feng shui is to maximize the positive energy and harmonize the challenging energy. When we do this, we actually use the five elements in specific ways to help achieve this. So for instance, if I go into your home and I say, okay, in this room, we actually need more fire element. What that means is it can relate to physical fire, i.e. like a stove or a fireplace or a sort of a secondary form like a candle or an oil burner or incense or things like that because mm -hmm. they're physical fire or it can actually relate to things like color and shape. And this is really where interior designers are my best friend because they can actually follow the elemental advice that I'm giving for each room and put their expertise onto, onto it to make the room actually come alive with that element in a way that is their specialty rather than mine. Mm. So for fire, example, mm. a colour is red, pink, purple type of colours all belong to the fire element. Mm -hmm. Shapes for fire relate to triangles or, or irregular pointy shapes. So in my report, if I give that to an uh, interior stylist like yourself, then you'll know 
to source materials and items of that particular color or shape to help the client incorporate that particular element in that room, knowing that it's going to enhance the feng shui of the room as well. And we can do that with all of the five elements, whether it be fire, earth, metal, water or wood. So, Mm. for instance, another example is the wood element. Um, The wood element, obviously, the strongest form is something made of wood because it is physical wood as well as living plants and trees and things like that. Um, Even a bunch of flowers is considered wood. A picture of a bunch of flowers is considered wood. Wooden ornaments are obviously wood. A lot of people have wooden floors in their home. That relates to the wood element. So they're sort of the forms of wood, but we can also extend that, as we did with fire, to incorporate colour and shape. And colours associated with the wood element are obviously the greens and the light blues and the turquoise. Uh, The shape relating to the wood element is thinking of like a tree, a long, upright, rectangular shape is like a wood form. So a, a wooden bookshelf is, an, is a perfect wood element to incorporate in a space that needs wood. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds really interesting. And this is why I, when I first heard you talking about it, I thought, wow, that's, that relates a lot to what designers and stylists, what we do, because we help people as well with colors and shapes, you know, to create rooms, but without maybe most of us not knowing about all that feng shui um a principle and all what what that does so that's a really great combination obviously yeah so um okay so and how um now we talked uh, yeah already a bit about it but how do um all these elements then influence the interior um is, yes so the, the important <clears throat> things with interior is to as I, as i was mentioning making sure that the elements in each room are going to be supportive of the feng shui now a lot A common problem that a lot of people have is they use the color red or they put a water feature in place and they don't actually realize that by doing that, they're actually activating energy. Now, if they're activating good energy, that's great, but they can also be activating challenging energy and that's not great because Mm. what it can do is it can actually be activating energy associated with problems with financial issues as well as with sickness or with conflict or with robbery. So there are a whole lot of energies in every house, some good, some bad, and we need to be very careful about activating them accidentally. And -hmm. until you have a feng shui consultant come to your home or do a remote analysis based on your floor plan, you won't actually know where that energy is Mm. and you won't know how to optimize it using color and and shapes Mm. and Mm. forms to optimize the feng shui. And that's why I'm always very um, wary about people just buying water features and plonking them down wherever because those water features can actually be very, very powerful in terms of what they're activating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really <laughs> scary, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, like, could you give us some examples of spaces in a home and what homeowners should look at when decorating this space? Like we have spoken a bit about maybe living and dining, I don't know, about bedrooms or you yes. mentioned also the entrance. I remember that, that this is a, an important area. So, Yeah, the entrance is probably the most important aspect mm-hmm. of the building because that's where the chi or the energy is entering the building. So the energy there, it's really important to, to have it 
as supportive as possible. So obviously you need an entrance that's clearly defined and welcoming. So even just having a map that says welcome is a great thing. Having a doorbell that works is fantastic. (laughs) Keeping the area clear of clutter is really important. Keeping it attractive. If you've got peeling paint at your front door, get rid of it, redo it, repaint it. Even if you start at your letterbox and make your letterbox beautiful and then work your way from the front to the back of your house based on, you know, your affordability levels, that would be a good way of attracting that chi to your home. Mm -hmm. The space in front of your home is where the chi is collected and you want to encourage that to come into your home and then activate your prosperity energy in various ways. So your entrance is a really key part of that. Obviously, your living areas is where you spend a lot of time and this is an area, again, that can really impact positively on our prosperity if we are following good feng shui principles. And so some general principles relate to using the living areas as much as possible because we want to keep those areas active. Um, Clocks are a good way of keeping an area active because they're constantly moving. Uh, Having your pets inside when you're at work is actually a good thing because what they're doing is they're moving the chi around. Mm -hmm. Having your sofas arranged to make sure that they're backing onto a solid wall so that you feel like you're supported when you're sitting in them is another good general principle. Having the chi be able to flow easily around your furniture is also important. If there's things like beams in your living room, try not to sit under them. And if you can, try and paint them the same colour as your ceiling because that sort of makes them Mm-mm. disappear if Blend you like. in, yeah. Mm. So with the dining room, um, a lot of people use the dining room obviously just as a place to eat with friends or family. And it's a really important room to use if you've got one by ensuring that the energy there is really doubled, if you like, and to do that, it's really good to put a large mirror in the dining room because it doubles the amount of food on the table mm-hmm. and therefore the principle behind that is it doubles your prosperity. Having a large bowl of fruit or a bunch of flowers on the table when not in use is also a good idea. And it's also important not to have pictures of people who have passed away in the dining room because the dining room is an area that is all about uh, sustenance and new life and getting the energy that you need from the food that you eat. Is, so we don't like to mix that sort of energy with pictures of people who are no longer oh, with us. Okay. Just a question that comes into my mind, because if we talk about apartments and a lot of emptinesses or downsizers move into apartments, we have these open plan areas. Usually yes. there is this kitchen and the bench, and then you have this can be bigger or smaller, this area where you have your dining table and also the living area. And I've yes. seen... Um, for example, in retirement, uh, in a retirement village, a brand new thing, um, large apartments, really nice with three bedrooms, but that actual dining and living area was small. You know, mm. I thought, oh my God, if these people bring lounges and their big tables with eight chairs, this is not going to happen in here. So, um, is that the same? principle like if you talk about a dining room that is a closed room most it is the same principle in that you know you you, if you've got a smallish space you don't want to have really large 
bulky furniture exactly. because mm. it's not the right size in terms of yeah. the overall size. So it doesn't look right and the energy doesn't flow correctly. That, mm. So your furniture needs to be in proportion to the room yeah. size. Exactly. Yep. The, the information about not having people who are deceased up on the wall is still um, correct in terms of an open plan dining room. Mm-hmm. Um Hallways are good places to have pictures of those people that have passed, but obviously your kitchen and your dining room um, is not really an area that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm. In terms of your bedroom, they're really they're really important in terms of your health and your relationships. So it's more about that aspect rather than the financial aspect, which we discussed that the living areas are more to do with. So we want to make sure that our bedrooms are as supportive for our health and our relationships as possible. And to do that, we want to make sure that we can sleep very easily and relax easily. So we want to make these bedrooms a haven for ourselves. Mm. We want to make sure that we have a feeling in that room that is one where we can rest and our cells can regenerate. So we want, we call it in feng shui language, we call our bedrooms, we want them to be yin rather than yang mm-hmm. because yin is relating to quiet and yang is relating to active. Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, we want our living areas yang and our bedrooms yeah. yin. So to make a bedroom more yin, we actually don't want mirrors in the bedroom because the whole premise of a mirror is it doubles, it amplifies, it it makes things bigger. Um, so we want to ensure there's no mirrors which are very, very yang in bedrooms. Good, I have that's to get one, out that mirror out of my bedroom. Yes, that's one <laughs> every, general, every time general I feng speak shui rule. <laughs> I think about um, it. If you do have a mirror in your bedroom and you don't want to go to the expense of replacing it, you it, can always put just a, a soft sort of curtain over it uh-huh. or you can alternatively it, it, wallpaper your mirrors. You know, it's actually a freestanding mirror. It's just one you can move. It's not fixed to the wall. It's a big one um, yes. with a golden frame. It's kind of a really big statement thing. And we have you used to have it in our entrance in Germany yes. because that was a tiny space. And just because I needed somewhere a mirror, you know, when you go out and just have a mm. last check. And then when we came here, I didn't find any other place to put that mirror. And so it landed in the bedroom. It's quite yeah. big. And that's... It, I thought, oh yeah, we don't have because we have um, we had then a wardrobe built. There was no built-in wardrobe in that room before, so we had one built-in, and but it with normal just white door, so there's no mirror, ne- nowhere a mirror in upstairs where you, if you dress yourself, you know, and want yeah. to have a look. So I put it there, but now I'm really feeling not good about it anymore. Every time I talk to you. <laughs> Well, that's another Uh, thing. If there's things in your rooms that you don't feel good about, you should get rid of uh, them because you're automatically going to think a negative thought around it. Where do I put that mirror now? That's a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I really like it, you know, as a piece as well. It's not just an ugly mirror. It has a nice, um, it looks like a picture frame, one of these old Baroque frames. it's, It's really, I like it somehow, but yeah, I'll have to... See, maybe in the dining room, but there's not a lot of space either. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right, okay. So it's important that we also have the bedrooms as just our sort of haven. So having Mm. pictures of your children in your bedroom is not a good idea either. It should be about the couple that are living there and it should be about keeping an area of that house 
as a haven for that couple. So no pictures of children in bedrooms, mm. no TVs or desks with computers in mm. bedrooms. Exactly. And a lot of people have yep. these things. Yeah. And what that does is it makes you always thinking of work instead of resting and sleeping. Rest, yeah. So it's quite uh, disrupting to have things like desks and computers and TVs mm. yeah. in your bedroom. Yeah. yeah. So that should but, give you a bit of a rundown on the different rooms and, and how we can mm. it's, yeah. increase the feng shui generally. It is really interesting and I think if more pe- people knew about that, they would <laughs> probably, you know, incorporate that in, in their in their spaces. And I think even if you have only a small space or a small apartment, you can still work with all these principles. That's really interesting. So. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What um, is there anything else you would like to share with um, the listeners, or you'd like to? I, I think really, say? you know, if people understand that feng shui is a tool that you can use to improve all areas in your life, mm. then why not use it? Um, you know, as I said, all you all you are required to have is a floor plan drawn to scale. Um, to know the approximate age of your building also helps mm-hmm. and also your birthday. It really is that simple. And the recommendations that I can provide are practical and not costly. So I'm not going to be asking you to knock down walls or relocate stoves. Mm. Unless you're planning to renovate anyway, then obviously I can give you the optimum place for those things to happen. So there's very many simple ways that you can do to optimize energy in your home using color and furniture placement as well as specific element usage in each room Mm. yeah that was one of my um uh how do you say that um when i when i first heard it i thought oh my god yeah well when now you get this consultation then after after it is you you would say oh now we have to remove that and you have to rebuild and so that so that's not the case basically people can you help people to work in their frames, let's say, but improve it so that they Absolutely. feel better. Yeah. You know, and every, so, everyone has um, uh, favorable directions they should be sleeping or mm-hmm. working in. So by positioning a desk a certain way or you know, moving the bed to a different wall can make people be sleeping in a more supportive mm. environment. If you are sitting at a desk in a direction that is your favorable one, you will find that you work better and you feel more supported. So these are really easy mm. things that you can do that will really make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really good. All right. Um, yeah, so now we've heard a lot about that. It's very impressive and um, I learn all the time something new. Um, so if someone wanted to um, talk to you about it and and like get a really individual consultation, how how can they contact you or find you? Well, there's a lot of detailed information about all the various services I offer on my website. So whether your listeners are just after a quick mini report or an on-site visit with a full report on their home or business, I can definitely assist them. Mm. All the costs are also listed on the website to make it as easy as possible for your listeners to see the range of services available. So all you need to do is go to my website, which is www.fengshuiharmony.com.au and feng shui is spelled F-E-N-G-S-H-U iHarmony.com.au. I just wanted to ask you to spell it exactly because, yes. yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. It is a little bit tricky to spell. <clears throat> Alternatively, if any of your listeners have any questions about what they've heard on this podcast, they can contact me directly on email, which is carolyn, C A R O L Y N, 
at fengshuiharmony.com.au or I'm also happy to talk to them about anything relating to the information that we've talked about today as well. Mm. And they can phone me on my mobile, which is 0430-162-537 or if they're in Sydney and they prefer a landline, the prefix obviously for Sydney is 02 and the landline is 9894-0496. Cool. Thank you for that. And um, I'll just um, also add my um, email address. If someone wanted to or has a question, have a, has a question, I'm happy to answer that as well or even do another blog about it. That's Bettina, B-E-T-T-I-N-A, at bdcolordesign.net.au. And I thought, because maybe some people are not really interested, um, we could also um, – kind of release that information that we are working on a combined feng shui and interior styling package. So this is something when I met Caroline the other day, we thought maybe that's a great package for people who are interested in getting all this advice about improving their health and well-being in their home. And then also get an interior stylist come in and um, basically use the recommendations from the consultation and, um, yeah, help to set it all up um, in a and create a, a happy home and a nice uh, home um, in a new space. So um, at the moment, this is just in our heads. It's not somewhere published, but maybe we will do that soon on our websites. And if you have any interest in that, please, yeah, contact us either me or Caroline or just um, email us. Alrighty, it was a pleasure, Caroline, to have you today. It um, sounds all very, very interesting. It was awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that with um, our podcast listeners. Thanks again, Bettina. I love having the opportunity to spread the word about feng shui and its benefits. So thanks for giving me that opportunity. You're welcome. And now before we go today, I um, would like to point out a couple of events that coming up where I'm speaking. Um, so the next one is um, the Australian Book Expo on the 31st of August. That's a Sunday. Um, I will um, share the story of my book at 10.30 a.m., um, it is the the expo is takes place in Homebush in Olympic Park, and um, it's the first event of its kind in twenty years. Actually, I only learned that recently, and um, so it seems to be uh, quite interesting. There's lots of um, publishers, of course, and um, authors and people just um, yeah people wanting to see what's new in the book world and the world of writing and publishing. So it's an it's a consumer show and um if you have time and like books, take your children, take your family or whoever and um visit this book expo on the 30th and the 31st of August. And then there's another event coming up on Friday the 5th of September in the North Sydney Community Centre. It's called In Conversation, Downsizing with Style. And I'm um, doing that together with a lovely lady who's an architect. And we talk about how clever architecture and design will enhance your lifestyle. So that starts at 6.30 um, in the North Sydney Community Centre on Friday the 5th. And yeah, the last thing I want to ask you is um, if you like that um, podcast, please share it with your friends and leave a rating or a comment on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. And um, yeah, I will back 
in a week with some more information how to downsize with style. Thank you so much for listening today. Yeah, have a great week. Cheers. Cheers.